the sleeper and the bust. There's skill, there's luck. A keeper or cut. Open file, a case shut. A short stop or stop short. Press play or press abort. Intelligence for sports. Good of y'all to listen. Aiming at what truth is. Mike and Eno pitching like the name is Michael Lewis. Others in the dust or left out to rust. Who's hitting? Who's missing? The sleeper and the bust. The sleeper and the bust. Hello out there in Fantasyland. Welcome to the Sleeper and the Bust. I'm Mike Podhorzer, and I'm joined today by Rotographs editor Eno Saris. And it's the last episode of the regular season. Eno, are you sad? Yes. But relieved, too, because I don't know about you, but the baseball season causes me so much freaking stress that I breathe such a sigh of relief when it ends. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... It's. I think it's about perfectly as long as it could be. I mean, I guess it could be even a little bit shorter. Sometime around the no. middle of September, you're kind of like, ah. No, I don't want it shorter. I just, I just like when it's over, but I don't want it shorter. We can go nine months of this. <laughs> All right. All right, so today we'll be discussing the remaining streaming options through Sunday, just like we did on Tuesday. We want to make sure that you know exactly who to start and who not to for the last couple of games to do as well as you can in your league. So let's start things off with our Friday streaming options. And first up is Jeremy Hellickson in Toronto against R.A. Dickey. Not sure exactly what their ownership percentages are, but I assume Hellickson was dropped in a lot of leagues, and he, he's probably available in yours. Is Hellickson somebody that you would feel comfortable starting in Toronto? Yeah, actually, I'm uh, doing a quick... Uh query here i feel like you know we were talking about how bad uh toronto has been recently and um and i wanted to just see over the last 30 days the blue jays are uh by weighted runs created are mediocre right in the middle of the pack 96 weighted runs created between the Rays and the Yankees, actually. That's kind of funny. That actually surprises me. I thought they would be worse just because they've been so killed by injuries. Yeah, let's see. The, they, you know, Edwin was still playing at the beginning yeah, of the month. Yeah, that's true. So let's see. The last 14 days, I bet you it's worse. Yeah. The last 14 days, no. The uh, Blue Jays are sixth. They move up a spot. That's so a surprise. But... Maybe it's not as bad as we thought. I mean, they still have... They still have, with all their injuries, they still have above-average power. They had a 163 ISO over the last 14 days. Um, you know, they, they still walk a fair amount. And, um, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, they're not as bad as I thought they were. I don't know. When Rajai Davis is your number five hitter, you got problems. <laughs> I, would, I would still play Hellickson. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a decent matchup, but he is in a, a hitter's ballpark. And who knows what to make of Hellickson anymore. I'm, I'm curious how to go about projecting him for next year because he's a guy who's outperformed his ERA estimators for years and everything came crashing down this year, even though his peripherals have basically remained the same. So Yeah, you know, I read a really interesting piece by Jason Coletti about how Hellickson needs to establish the inside with his fastball. And after he came back from the minors, um, he did do that a little bit more. So... Uh, you know, there's some hope for him. You know, I've always, I like his changeup a lot. Um, he's got, you know, he's got decent con- command. I mean, if there's, if it's a control or if there's something sequencing that he needs to figure out, I've always liked him coming up. So, um, you know, I, I'll own Ellickson next year as a, as a final round, you know, final two pitcher kind of guy, but I, I, you know, I'm 
I'm done like most people spending um, any money on him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of like a, a thumbs halfway up on streaming Hellickson because he's a guy, he's a fly ball pitcher, can get destroyed or he could have a good game, you know, against a, what we expect to be a kind of weak offense. So I don't Just know. Just looking at the rest of the crowd, though, Friday's a little bit weak and uh, I think uh, I think I only see one guy I might like better. All right, next up, Tom Kohler of the Miami Marlins. Uh, I believe he's actually a, a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie. But he's facing the Tigers and Rick Porcell. I mean, he's an easy no, right? Yeah, even even if they sit, you know, some big guys, I don't think they'll sit Fielder because Fielder, I think they probably want him to try and get his power stroke going for the final, for the uh, postseason. So I don't think, you know, I think even a, build, a, a lineup built around uh, Fielder could have a, have, could give Kohler some trouble. Yeah, and he's not really a strikeout guy either, so it's not like you can – really think, all right, well, you know, at worst I'll get five, six strikeouts because that's probably not going to happen. So you're really going to get nothing here. How about Carlos Torres uh, of the Mets pitching at home versus the Brewers and Giovanni Gallardo? Uh, Torres, you know, Torres is, a, I think, a big boomer bust guy. I mean, he's a, he's a fly ball strikeout guy. And... Um, you know, with the fly balls, if, it, if the weather is, if it's damp and wet and, and, and it's a rainy day or a humid day in New York, maybe uh, suppresses the sort of home runs enough and then and then he gives you strikeouts because he does give you strikeouts. He has pretty good control, at least this year. Uh, but uh, there's always, I mean, you just look at his line, he's, he's given up a, a homer and a half for nine innings. And um, yes, there's some regression that could come there, but he's always had homer issues, really. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him the thumbs up. I mean, he's pitching at home. Obviously, City Field is a, a pitcher's park. And uh, Gallardo hasn't exactly been himself all season long. So it's not like you're thinking of Gallardo as a, a really good opponent that a win is unlikely. Gallardo has been prone to the blow-up this year because his velocity has been down. And, and the Brewers, obviously, we know aren't the offense that they were at the beginning of the year or what we expected them to be. So I, I think that... If I was in a position that I would need to stream, I would give Carlos Torres a long look. Yeah, fair enough. All right. How about Brett Oberholzer, who has been one of the real pleasant surprises for the American League Houston Astros? And he is going to be at home versus the Yankees and Andy Pettit. Brett Oberholzer, 271 ERA, a 110 whip in 66 and a third innings. Yeah, but uh, you know, I've I've watched him, and I don't. I'm not wowed by any pitch he's got. I did a whole post on how he has two grips for his curveball, and you know, he's basically two pitches, and uh, neither of them is any good. And um, you know, he does have good control, so he can make it work to an extent. But I think he can make it work to like a four ERA. I mean, he doesn't get ground balls. There's not really anything that that leaps out of the page at you. Yeah, I mean. 271 ERA, but a 433 Sierra just goes to show you how much good fortune he's had this year. 257 Babbitt, a high strand rate, uh, relatively low home run per fly ball ratio. So who knows how much longer that's going to last. And, and the Yankees, you know, earlier in the season struggled against lefties. But that was before they got Alfonso Soriano, before Alex Rodriguez was playing. Now they have these two characters in their offense that can hit lefties. And so I don't think they're as bad against left-handers as they were. And so, yeah, I, I wouldn't touch Oberholzer in any league format. 
How about perhaps the most intriguing matchup of tomorrow's games? Burt Smith, the rookie on the Padres, in AT&T Ballpark in San Francisco against Ryan Vogelsong. I really like Burt Smith. I think that was the name I was looking at that uh, I would might call my number one pick for the uh, for the streamers for Friday, just because he's got big velocity and the Giants are playing sort of listless, and they I don't think they've seen him, or if they have seen him, you know their, their lineup's not doing so well. Yeah, thirteen and a half percent swinging strike rate, above average first strike rate, and uh, an assortment of three different pitches, good minor league numbers. I mean, the only flaw really with Bart Smith, Bart Smith is he's been an extreme fly ball pitcher. Now that wouldn't be an issue, or that would be an issue if he didn't call Petco Park home. But as a Padre pitcher, that's actually a skill that he benefits most from pitching in Petco, and now he'll be pitching in another pitcher's park in San Francisco. So that flaw is kind of muted, and and he, he's looking good given that matchup. Yeah, the benefit is that if you uh, if you use him, then you get to watch. You might want to watch him, and he's definitely fun to watch. I mean, it's it's a lot of gas. What about Ryan Vogelsong? The Padres have been terrible against right-handed pitchers all season long. I believe I checked the other day, and they ranked second to last in WOBA versus righties. I didn't even realize they were that bad, but they are. And Ryan Vogelsong, obviously, his magic hasn't continued from the past couple of years. Uh, I think he's been a bit better, maybe, since coming back from his injury. I haven't completely followed him. But is this matchup enough to get you to stream him? Uh, Well, I prefer the guy touching 95. Um, You know, and that's not Vogelsong, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, if you had to choose between the two, clearly... It's Bert Smith. Vogelsong, uh, since he came back, hasn't uh, hasn't averaged 89 with his fastball yet. So um, maybe maybe his last start, he almost averaged 89. He he was you know beginning of the season he was you know around 90. You know last season he started you know at 89, and by the end of the season he was 92, 93. So um, and the season before that he was 92. And you know. We can overstate the importance of velocity, especially between like 92 and 89. But I think it does go to say something about how healthy he is in general and uh, how how well he's doing. So I think uh, right now he just doesn't uh, he doesn't have any of those skills that you kind of need. Yeah, and it's kind of sad when he basically has the perfect matchup. Is there really any matchup that you would feel better? Maybe the Mets. Other than that, if you're not going to start him at home against the Padres, who rank second to last in MOBA versus righties, then clearly he's not startable ever and shouldn't be on your team. So <laughs> that's that's an unfortunate label for Ryan Vogel. So I mean, I basically agree. I guess it depends on how much risk tolerance you have. He's not going to get you strikeouts. So you're basically crossing your fingers that Burt Smith gives up a couple of home runs and you get some run support, and he has a good ERA and WHIP and you know, obviously the Giants' offense isn't very good either, so you can't really bank on run support. So, yeah, probably not a good option to stream, and I would opt for Burt Smith. All right, let's move along to Saturday. Uh, and here's an interesting one. J.A. Happ pitching at home in Toronto versus the Rays and Chris Archer. And I say it's interesting because I believe Happ's velocity 
has been up since coming back from that uh, scary head injury. And uh, I'm looking up right now the Rays versus lefties on the season. Damn. They rank sixth in Woba versus lefties on the season in all of baseball. So obviously that's not good for Jay Happ's prospects. Yeah, I mean, they're a platooning team built on depth. And uh, Happ has a 4.3 career ERA and is, is probably doing worse this season. So I, I also don't see much there. Yeah, his control obviously isn't good. His control has never been good. Strikeout potential, yeah, but that's basically it. Flyball guy with bad control is not somebody you really want to risk it. You know what's funny is I actually am starting Hap this week in labor just because it was automatic. I needed wins. I don't even know why I still had Hap on my team, but I do. It's embarrassing, and I'm starting him just because he got two starts, so I'm going to cross my fingers. <laughs> I'm not expecting much. Roll um, the dice. That's right. Speaking of the dice, do not ever start Dice K. We've been wrong about Dice K. He pitched well last time, and we, we said there's no way. Yeah, it was like yesterday against the Reds. He actually pitched well again. But anyway, uh, Eric Stoltz uh, of the Hey, we were right about James Paxson. Let's just concentrate on what we were right about. <laughs> Speaking of James Paxson, we have an update for you guys for Sunday's games, but we'll get to that soon. Eric Stoltz of the Padres in San Francisco against Yusmero Petit. I feel like both of these guys might be mediocre, decent stream options. Yeah, and I guess uh, most people will go to Stoltz. Um, and I guess rightfully so, he's, he's got more of a track record. But, you know, Pettit's the guy that you could, uh, that might get more strikeouts. Yeah, I, I would think that people would lean just given what Petit has done so far this season, obviously small sample, but he's been really good. I would think people would lean toward Petit because Stoltz has been a free agent in like our Tout Wars 15-team league all season long. Nobody's ever picked him up. And so I don't think Stoltz is very much owned. But again, pitcher's ballpark against a weak Giants lineup, I think Stoltz is a decent option. But between the two, I would lean toward uh, Yusmera Petit. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy with the, the homer problem pitching in the nice park. So I, I think uh, Petit's one of the better streamers of the day, provided, of course, that Chris Sarge is not a free agent for you. Yeah. Uh, how about Brandon Maurer, the rookie for the Mariners, who every time I look at his name, I think of you, you know, because I know that you've drafted him in, in several leagues in the preseason. And he's been a disappointment. But, you know, when I watch him pitch, he has good velocity and he, he looks better than his results so far. So he's going to be at home versus the A's and Jared Parker. Yeah, it is a it's a really interesting thing. I, I mean, there were a lot of uh, particulars with the way I drafted him. I, I needed someone to pair with Erasmo Ramirez, and I figured they owned each other's spot, you know. So I was like, I'm going to handcuff these guys. But uh, I also like when I watch him. I think that you know he's a 93 mile an hour guy with a good slider, and he has a curveball and a change, and you know he's done really well in the minors. I think they kind of rushed him a little bit. You know, he. Uh, he only had basically a, a full year in uh, the high minors. Um, and if you look at his low minors numbers, they were a lot better. So he gets 10% swing strikes. I, I think there's definitely something there. And I, I'm going to watch him next year. I may not I may not draft him or may not spend anything more than a final round. I, I love all these final round guys. It's like I got 10 final round guys. How do I do that? <laughs> but uh, uh, for this start, uh, I, would, I would put him... 
I put him in the in the upper tier of uh, streaming starters for Saturday. Saturday is actually a really great day for streaming, though. Yeah, Maurer is one of those perfect streamers because he does have that strikeout rate potential. So you could get a dominant, you know, a seven inning, eight nine strikeout game. You're not going to get that from an Eric Stoltz or, or going back to uh, Friday a Vogel song. But Maurer's the type of guy that can give that to you, and that's what you want to see in a streamer. He's had trouble, a lot of trouble. Lefties have killed him. 401 Woba, uh, 468 XFIP against him. So uh, that's an issue that he's going to have to work on. But at home versus the A's, you don't know what kind of a lineup they're going to put out there. And uh, I think he's definitely uh, streamer worthy. Uh, how about Jimmy Nelson, who was just announced to be the starter for the Brewers? He's going to be in New York against the Mets facing Aaron Harang. Jimmy Nelson, right-hander, five innings to his name in the majors. Uh, looks like he has pretty terrible control, but strikeout potential. Yeah, and I guess uh, a 4% changeup uh, is right on that dividing line. And actually, PitchFX says it's a 3% changeup. So uh, he might be a guy that um, has platoon issues in the future. But uh, I... I'm just gonna plead the fifth. I, I don't. I don't have any idea. I would, uh, you know, half his hits have been line drives, and yet he has a zero ERA. So I would uh, probably stay away. I'm gonna actually disagree. I'm gonna say I would roll the dice here. The guy he throws hard. He averaged nearly 95 with his fastball in his first start. He's facing a, a pathetic Mets lineup in City Field. Listen, <laughs> uh, an, an intriguing young Mets lineup. <laughs> He's facing Aaron Harang. Aaron Harang. <laughs> Intriguing but inconsistent. <laughs> what, what do you want from me? No, no, I'm just saying. You don't have to bring it up every freaking time. Uh, all right. Well, uh, he's facing Aaron Harang. You're saying just stream everybody against the Mets. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> A very intelligent, athletically inclined, well-rounded, handsome Mets lineup. <laughs> all right. I feel better. <laughs> All right, I'm, t- I'm streaming Jimmy Nelson. Thumbs up from me. How about Garrett Richards of the Angels? He's going to be in Texas against Derek Holland. I don't no like thanks. this matchup. No thanks. All right. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, the Diamondbacks, they're going to be at home versus the Nationals and Dan Harron. Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. I think you could actually say that it's a pick em. They each have the reasons to like them and reasons to dislike them. I guess the fact that it's in Arizona is a reason to dislike both of them. Yeah, well, I originally was going to bench Dan Howard in Tout Wars, but then Sabathia, it was announced that he's going to be out for the year because of his hamstring, and I was forced to start Dan Howard this week, so I am crossing my fingers. But I think uh, McCarthy is a reasonable streamer option. You know, a ground ball guy, good control. The national lineup hasn't been that great this year, so... Yeah, I think he gets a, a half thumbs up from me. Again, he's, he's more along the line of a, a Ryan Vogel song, Eric Stoltz type. type who you're probably not going to get a dominant outing, but you might get one of those two runs in six innings type where maybe he'll be in the line uh, in line for a win if Paul Goldschmidt hits three home runs off Darren, uh, Dan Harron, which is certainly possible given. It's actually possible. I mean, Harron has a Harron has a, a homer problem, and that's. That's the main reason that I wouldn't uh, like him if he was available in um, in Arizona. 
All right, how about Juan Nicasio pitching in Los Angeles, but it's against Zach Greinke? Yeah, well, you know, they may not they may not even pitch Greinke, or if they pitch Greinke, they might, you know, let him pitch exactly five innings and, you know, get him out of there. Um, so, you know, in terms of, like, winning, you know, winning is not necessarily as important to the Dodgers as staying healthy and having everybody – you know, on time and, and, and playing well. The, the problem for me is just that Nicasio just never took off from that promise I thought I saw in him. And now he's throwing 91, 92 instead of 94, 95. The changeup never really came. And instead of being Michael Pineda, which I thought Nicasio could be, he's Michael Pineda with like worse gas and worse control, which uh, doesn't really work. Which is now what Pineda is coming off of their shoulder surgery. Right, so now they are. <laughs> and actually, an update here on Nicasio's physical well-being. Uh, he revealed that he's been pitching with pain and fatigue in his surgically repaired left knee. So that might explain why he's been such a disappointment this year. And knowing this, there's no reason for you to stream him. So he's a definite no for me. Yeah. And, and of course what's going to happen is I'm going to finally give up on ever mentioning his name, you know, after three years of saying this could be something and his knee is going to get healthy this offseason and come back through 95 next year. And people are going to be like, I, you know, I found this great sleeper. I want to cause you. I'm like, God damn that guy. <laughs> yeah. I remember a couple of years ago we had, I think it was a high BABIP, but some really intriguing skills. And obviously, I guess it's just hard to really break out in Coors Field. Uh, yeah. Although we've seen, you know, a number of pitchers do that. Ubaldo, uh, this year, De La Rosa has been good. And uh, uh, Ulysse Chassin. But anyway, let's move along to another interesting matchup. Giordano Ventura, the rookie fireballer from the Royals, is going to be in U.S. Cellular in Chicago against the White Sox and another rookie, Eric Johnson. So both of these guys are are going to be probably available to stream. Uh, I'm loving Ventura, and I think he's probably one of the best on any of these streaming lists. Yeah, Ventura is the is – the, I mean, Ventura and, and Paxton on Sunday are my favorites uh, for these couple of days. But Paxton's uh, actually not pitching, but we'll get to uh, that. I spoiled it. I didn't. I wondered what you were talking about. Paxton's not pitching. No. I gotta go cancel a, a, a bid. <laughs> yeah, he's not. So yeah, Ventura. He's gonna be facing uh, kind of a pathetic Chicago White Sox lineup. Obviously, ballpark is tough. It's a hitter's ballpark there, and he's pitching away. That's not great. But I'm liking Ventura. What I've seen from him, throwing a hundred consistently, and uh, he's got decent enough control. How about Eric Johnson? You know. It, Reasonable, respectable minor league stats. Strikeout rate hasn't exactly translated yet. I know nothing about Eric Johnson. Yeah, uh, he kind of looks meh all the way around. I mean, it's just like nothing stands out. 92 on his fastball. It's got a slider curve. He throws four pitches. Swinging strike rate hasn't been very good and hasn't exactly thrown a whole lot of strikes. So that's not a good thing. And, you know, for whatever reason, I've always gone with the stream against the Royals. I've always recommended that because they don't have a whole lot of power, and they've burned me every single time. They just single my pitchers to death. I don't know why. So, yeah, I'm going to say no to Eric Johnson, but definitely Jordano Ventura. How about Nathan Ivaldi of the Marlins at home, but against the Tigers and Anibal Sanchez? 
Uh, well, on Saturday, you're getting close to the, the uh, you know, the hangover lineup status. I mean, Sunday, if that matchup was on Sunday, I might be a little bit into it because Uvalde throws hard, and if they put a subpar lineup out there, then um, he might be interesting. But, um, you know, on Saturday, they'll probably, the regulars will probably at least play five innings, and, um, you know, Fielder could easily hit a home run off him. Yeah, the thing that is really weird about Evaldi, he averages 96 with his fastball this year, two miles an hour more than last year, but the strikeouts are just not there. He doesn't get swinging strikes. He doesn't get strikeouts. I don't understand it. I mean, it's possible that it's because he throws too many fastballs. He's at 71%, and he he needs to kind of add in those off-speed pitches a little more often. I mean, it hasn't been an issue for Shelby Miller, of course. He's throwing 70% fastballs also when he's struck out like a batter per inning. I don't know why it hasn't worked for Ivaldi. So looking long-term, he's a guy that I think one of these years will, out of nowhere, suddenly have a strikeout rate spike as he introduces his slider and his curveball more often. But what he's doing right now, you can't expect a strikeout rate spike, and I, I think it's too risky to start him against the Tigers. Yeah, he's a, he's a platoon skip split guy. Uh, how about Edwin Jackson of the Cubs against Joe Kelly in St. Louis? Not sure what their ownership rates are. It's possible that they are going to be available. They could be, depending on your league. We just start our – Joe Kelly is an obvious if he's available. Yeah, I take – I think Joe Kelly is probably the second best uh, of the day. And uh, I like his velocity. Uh, I think I, You know, I used to think he got more ground balls than he did. But, you know, 51% is pretty good. Um and I, you know, I don't know why his whip's always so high. He just he he has something where he's hittable despite having uh, great velocity. Yeah. But, um, he's uh, he's I think he's good enough. He's he's a good enough guy, and you know the Cubs lineup is is bad enough that I, I'd say you know Kelly's up there for me. Kelly reminds me of Ivaldi. He throws 95 with his fastball, and he doesn't get strikeouts or swinging strikes. I don't really understand it. And he throws his fastball a little less than Evaldi. He also brings uh, three other off-speed pitches. So it's uh, a head-scratcher. But he does get more ground balls. Uh, his control is meh. And we, we should note he has been lucky. He stranded a ton of base runners this year. He's obviously not a true talent, sub-three ERA guy. His CRA is 440. There's luck here. But he's somebody that I think is better than his peripherals. So I think he's more of a high three ERA guy. And in the future, we might see a better strikeout rate. But, you know, given the matchup and pitching at home, I think he definitely is somebody to start. I want no part of Edwin Jackson. I'm done. I'm done with him, at least for the year. We'll give him another shot next year. (laughs) Yeah, he's been a head scratcher as well. Uh, I mean, his ERA just has not dropped like I expected it to drop. Uh, Last matchup of the day, Charlie Morton. At Cincinnati and Bronson Arroyo, I have to admit I'm happy. Finally, Charlie Morton has proven me right because I've been hyping him. I've been a fan for years now, and this is the first time that he's actually made, made me look good. And and so I would start him even though tough matchup, tough ballpark, extreme ground ball guy. I don't think the ballpark really matters. So I'm starting Charlie Morton. Yeah, um, and I very interesting uh, to to hear your your ranking because uh, I like him. The only problem for me is a little bit um, the uh, the fact that the Reds will be playing for something, so they'll be putting their best lineup out there. But um, 
you know, ever since Morton came back from uh, from his surgery, he's been uh, consistently 92 plus. He's been a little, little bit dead recently, but he's, he's mostly 92 plus, and that's really been working for him. So um, I would probably say my favorite streamer of the day is uh, Jordano Ventura. Uh, I think second is probably Joe Kelly, and third is Charlie Morton. Yeah, I, I don't think I can really disagree. Uh, might, would you put Nelson ahead of one of those guys? No. Nah. I mean, Nelson has a good matchup, but he's such an unknown. It's his second major league start. And, yeah, the Mets lineup isn't great, but they are major leaguers. They, they, <laughs> oh, they I finally got leaguers. you to say something nice. <laughs> yeah, they are major leaguers, and Jimmy Nelson's control is not very good. So, I mean, there is a chance that he walks four or five batters, and the Mets actually get some hits with runners in scoring position. So there is that risk there. That All right, how about how about Petit? So we're we're doing a top. We're gonna do a top five. We've got we've got Kelly, Morton, and Ventura in the top three. We've got Nelson and Petit in the bottom two. So where do you put Petit? Uh, I think I would be more comfortable with Petit because again, he's a right-hander. He's gonna be facing a Padres lineup that stinks against right-handers. He'll be at home, and Petit is. is it- you could make a case for Petit over Morton or Kelly. I mean, not maybe Kelly. Kelly has a, a prime matchup, and he's kind of safe in that he's, he's got a better team, guy. much better offense. Who is? Joe Kelly. He has a better offense behind him. He has a better offense behind him. He's facing a, a bad offense, yeah. and, and he's kind of a safe guy because he's such a ground ball guy. But, I mean, as much as we like Charlie Morton, you know, you could make the case for Petit because the matchup is better. The strikeouts will, will probably be better. Um, and, uh, you know, unless you, if you need a win, probably go Morton because, but you know, they might take Morton out of that game. If they need to win that game, if they feel like they really need to win that game, they may take them out in four innings if it's not great. Can we call it a push? That's yeah, that's a really close one. But anyway, I think that's a good ranking for you for Saturday. All right. We need to move along to Sunday streamers. Todd Redman, the guy that we haven't been able to figure out and he's made it easy for us because his early success that we couldn't explain well, it's disappeared, and his ERA is now 377. So he still has a good strikeout rate, but he's going to be at home versus Matt Moore. I that, That's too risky for me. I'm saying no. I'm uh, I'm interested in that one. I actually picked up Redmond in, uh, in one league because um, I'm not even sure Matt Moore will start that game. I don't care who they're starting. 13 home runs in 76 innings, and it's not even like an inflated home over fly ball ratio. When you're serving up 50% fly balls, that's going to happen. One and a half home runs per nine, that just scares the crap out of me. And it, it makes me think that, you know, any start he's capable of a three-inning, seven-run, three-home run affair. Yeah. Well, I mean... And it's in Toronto. That's- I know I know he's got those flaws. But, uh, you know, if he gives up a solo jack, he's given up a home run. Um, you know, his, his control's gotten better, you know, he's obviously getting strikeouts, so there's, uh, you know, there's something, you know, something going on with him with deception, um, so I feel like, I feel like he could give up a home run and still have a good game, is basically yeah, I, I think he's kind of a boomer bust, because he's certainly capable of having a really good dominating outing, and then he's yeah. also capable of what I said, and that's scary, so I guess it's, uh, context dependent on your, uh, league situation. How yeah. about Zach Miner? of the Phillies. He's going to be in Atlanta against Julio Tehran. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win that game. Yeah, that's unlikely, of course. Peripherals are not very good. He's, he's getting ground balls this year, which is good, but 
I mean, this is a guy who has 383 career innings, 416 ERA, and 146 whip, bad strikeout rate, poor control, bad team, facing a solid offense in the Braves. Definitely not for me. Tell me how you really feel. Uh, you know, the, the thing about Sunday is it used to be uh, a kind of a fun day because in some leagues, you, if you uh, don't have your maximum innings yet, then um, like on the like final eight phase, guys. Huh? You start like eight guys, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, that's still a viable strategy. But right now, you could start eight guys and they could just totally blow up on you. I mean, there's no – looking down the line with Paxton out, there's no, like um, – there's no like young star that they're like, hey, we're gonna give you one more shot. There's no real intriguing veteran coming back from a, an injury or something. I mean, the Sunday lineup looks pretty terrible just to preview the rest of it. And you know it? what? Todd Redman actually is looking better and better when I look at the other. What I'm saying, because I mean, I've been looking ahead to Sunday. I, I've been streaming one league, and I realized this morning, since I'm on the West Coast, that this guy has been streaming ahead of me and doesn't need the pitchers, but he's he's been streaming and benching. Um, just to keep them out of my hands. So I decided I would go ahead and look at Saturday and Sunday and start picking those guys up. All right, Eric Bedard, he's going to be at home versus the Yankees and Hiroki Kuroda, absolutely not for me. Yeah? Yeah, you know what? He probably doesn't even have the innings to go to five innings. <laughs> he's been kind of in the bullpen and stuff, so. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's a miss. Yeah, uh, it's amazing that Bruce Chen has actually made himself uh, a streamer option. He's going to be in Chicago against the White Sox and Jose Quintana. Now, Bruce Chen may look like he's all of a sudden a new pitcher, but he's not. His Sierra is 473. He's the same extreme fly ball, crappy pitcher he's always been. He's just had much better luck than ever before. Seriously, I'm not starting him against any team. Even though this is a pretty good matchup, I'm never going to start him. Yeah, you know, the sell is more extreme, I think, even than Toronto. Um, and, you know, numbers aside, I actually want to go back to that. American League, the White Sox uh, actually are, have worse power um, over the last 14 days. But, you know, I, Chen to me is a worse pitcher than Redmond, you know, when it comes down to sort of dips type stuff in, in terms of strikeouts, walks, and, and homers, you know, Chen should have the amount of homers that Redmond has. So um, I actually like Redmond over Chen. Yeah, agreed there. All right, let's quickly get through the rest of these starters. Jason Vargas and the Angels in Texas against (laughs) Okay, agreed there. (laughs) All right, now here's our Seattle starter. So apparently Erasmo Ramirez is going to be starting on Sunday. James Paxton is done for the season. Intriguing for next year. We'll talk about him in the offseason. But Erasmo Ramirez at home versus the Athletics and Sonny Gray. Absolutely. He looks like the best option for Sunday. Oh, yeah. You didn't. I didn't have that on my list. So, yeah, he's number one. Yeah, I just read that today right before we, we started things. So, yeah, clearly Erasmo, excellent option. Uh, then we got Henderson Alvarez at home in Miami versus the Tigers and Justin Verlander. Uh, so now we're talking a Sunday lineup. So that's going to be a terrible lineup. And I actually think that I would put Henderson Alvarez over uh, Todd Renman. He won't get you strikeouts, but I think I don't. I, I I would put real money that Justin Verlander will not start that game, and that uh, the lineup will be terrible, and that Henderson Alvarez will go six innings, give you four strikeouts, and be in line for the win, or 
at least give you, you know, good ERA. He, he, he did me well in the last set of streamers. Well, that seems like it's going to be a last-second decision based on who he's pitching for the Tigers and what their lineup looks like. Last one, Tyler Chatwood, Rockies, surprise, in Los Angeles against Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, I, ooh, I, I don't know about this one. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the Dodgers have been showing they've been putting pretty bad lineups out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, if Ryu does start that game, and he could because, you know, he's definitely, you know, down the down the sort of, uh, he, you know, he's not going to be a game one or game two starter for the Dodgers. So um, they may actually want him to go out there and get his work in. So, um, you know, if Ryu starts even in front of a bad lineup, he'll probably beat Chatwood. Yeah, you know, I actually think that he, he might be another game-time decision, see what kind of lineup the Dodgers have thrown out there. Chatwood, extreme ground ball guy. He's another one with real high velocity, but the strikeouts haven't followed. Maybe that's something that will happen in the future. Given the, the paucity of Sunday options, I, I think he might be uh, a, a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would rank um, um, Henderson Alvarez. Erasmo on top. Oh, Erasmo uh, or Henderson Redmond. And then maybe uh, then Chatwood after that. Uh, I might actually go. I would uh, gnaw my own leg off. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> we're going to get a video of that and we're going to bring back our video podcast of the Sleeper on the Bus that we originally <laughs> planned to do. And that's going to be the show. The elevated. <laughs> All right, well, that's a wrap, folks. So join us again next Tuesday. This is actually going to be our last show of the regular season. We are going to no longer be doing Sunday podcasts for the foreseeable future. We're going to start just Tuesday and Thursday next week. So we'll still be with you guys talking throughout the playoffs. So for Eno Saris, I'm Mike Podhorzer, and thanks for tuning in.